things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Um, I know that I did. I got rest for a change. I've been burning uh, the candle on both ends, but I am here in my studio right now. Thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy podcast. Also, gold is the silver bullet for protecting and building your wealth. Call my friends at Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080. That's 866-257-3080. Or download your free investing kit by visiting them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. You know, <clears throat> I couldn't wait to discuss this because I saw on television uh, and on a newswire's over the last couple of days that former president Trump, Donald Trump tweeted that he was expecting to be arrested. Um, he was expecting to be arrested this Tuesday to be exact. This Tuesday. Uh, he put it out there for the world to know about, for the world to see. Um, he tweeted that he is going to be arrested or just put out for public consumption. I'm not sure it was on Twitter. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but he said he's going to be arrested. And for those of you who don't know why he's going to be arrested, it was essentially uh, the gist of the case is that Donald Trump paid $130,000 in hush money uh, to former porn star Stormy Daniels. Um, and in 2016, it wasn't accounted for properly. And so when we look at it from that perspective, obviously there's an abundance of things that are against Donald Trump. He was impeached twice, a twice impeached a United States president. Um, he was somebody that obviously is deemed highly responsible in terms of his incendiary rhetoric uh, that a lot of people believe led to the riots on the, at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th of 2021, uh, where people busted into the U.S. Capitol, was screaming, hang Mike Pence. Um, obviously, we're looking for Nancy Pelosi, et cetera, et cetera. Five people died, by the way. Let me remind you of all of that. And now he's out here encouraging people to protest the second that he's going to be arrested because essentially there is a witch hunt. Of course, there are Republican candidates that have come to his aid, if not his defense and all of this former president. Of former vice president, I'm sorry, Mr. Mike Pence, that I just alluded to, said, quote, it just feels like a politically charged prosecution here. And I, for my part, I just feel like it's just not what the American people want to see. He said on this week on ABC News uh, uh, th that aired uh, this past Sunday, he continued the fact that the Manhattan district attorney, his name would be Alvin Braggs, by the way. Uh, he said the fact that the Manhattan district attorney thinks that indicting President Trump is his top priority, I think, just tells you everything you need to know about the radical left in this country. Of course, Kevin McCarthy, speak of the House, alluded to it being a witch hunt. Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, her voice got to be heard. Uh, she, you know, the one that wants that's called for a separation of divorce in this country between the right and the left. She obviously spoke out in support of Trump. We understand what this is. We get it. Here's my point. This benefits Trump. Now, I know there's a lot of people that's going to feel differently about it. Get over it. Get over it. You're not getting the president of the United States, the former president of the United States, to end up being incarcerated because they paid hush money. Hush money. To a former lover that happened to be a porn star. It is not going to happen. 
We can sit up there and we can talk until the cows come home. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. And I, for one, am getting sick and tired of all of this stuff. Where it comes to, there's one investigation after another about him. When are you going to get him on something? I mean, really get him. There are a lot of people out there that are saying, oh, it's got to start somewhere. It's got to, well, where? Where? Oh, okay, I was messing around with you. You were a porn star. I don't want nobody to know that. Oh, by the way, I'm paying you $130,000 in hush money. I don't want people to know that. Oh, okay, be quiet. Here's the money. And that's a crime? That's what we're saying here? Now we're going to look at it and we're going to go like this. It wasn't accounted for properly. That's where we're going. And you're going to make the case that it's now as opposed to earlier because you can't really indict and incarcerate a sitting president. So you're going to say that too. Hell, some of you are probably saying, guess what? That's probably one of the biggest reasons he wants to win the presidency again because nobody will be able to arrest him and incarcerate him as a sitting president in the United States of America. You're going to use all of that. But I will remind you, he's been impeached twice. He's been perceived as being largely culpable for riots that took place at the U.S. Capitol, which threatened the lives of the vice president of the United States, the then speaker of the House, along with other elected officials. Five people died. And the former president still never even gave testimony on Capitol Hill during the January 6th hearings. You couldn't even get him to testify for a hearing. Why am I going off about this? Because I think at the end of the day, it's playing right into his hands. DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, is a formidable foe. I know a lot of people have been looking at him and his nationalistic views, particularly on the war in Ukraine, talking about that's not a vital interest. That's a territorial issue between them and Russia. I know there's a lot of people that's looking at him and saying, what the hell's going on here? Why are we going that route? You know, he's he's not doing the smartest thing in the world. That might be true. That might absolutely be true. But the fact of the matter is when you win your state by 19 percent, your state is widely deemed as doing pretty well. And you win by over a million votes and you're considered the most formidable Republican candidate to former President Trump, more so than Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, more so than Mike Pence, the former vice president of the United States, more so than Mike Pompeo or anybody else. The reality of the situation is you're supposed to be the most formidable candidate and your strategy has been to mimic everything Trump is and what he stands for. Pretty much. The only thing you're saying is that you're different because you're a better human being, you're more educated, You've got a decent family. You're not going to engage in salacious or, or inappropriate behavior, blah, blah, blah. That's basically what it is with Ron DeSantis. You're Donald Trump. What did you just do? You stole the headlines. You galvanized your base. And you've got the Speaker of the House and other Republican officials scared to go against you and those who are brave enough to do so are going to be forced and compelled to come out front and center and acknowledge their opposition to you, which in your eyes, if you're Donald Trump, means that you will then get to jeopardize their positions within the House or the Senate of the United States of America. You weed them out or they're forced and compelled to be complicit with you so they can keep their seats. When you look at it, ladies and gentlemen, it might be disgusting. It might be heinous and intolerable, certainly difficult to stomach. But it is politics. And the reality of the situation is, is that Donald Trump has shown he's pretty astute at it. In terms of drawing attention to himself, coming up with labels and derogatory names and, and, and stuff like that about his opponents that ultimately resonate and catch fire. And oh, by the way, folks on the Democratic side who 
don't want him in office are doing everything they can to prohibit him from being allowed to run for office again. How's that worked out for you? You haven't accomplished it because he's still running. The polls show he's the leading candidate in most polls. He's the leading Republican candidate. The specter of him threatening to divide the party has been hovering over the Republican establishment. And oh, by the way, the incumbent, who's the president of the United States, which is Joe Biden, is more than 80 years of age, is clearly not as sharp as he used to be, has enough gaffes for them to make fun of him every single day on national television. Not me. I would never do that. But them. And a vice presidential, a vice president, rather, in Kamala Harris, who is perceived as having her own political dilemmas, her own political challenges. She is not considered to be a viable candidate to go up against Trump or DeSantis. But that's all we have. If you're a Democrat. Those are your two possible candidates, and that's it. This is a mess. And it was supposed to fade. It was supposed to be passe. It was supposed to be gone. Trump, out of office. Since he's out of office, you were supposed to get him by now. Supposedly, instigating those riots. Having a January 6th committee. His estranged lawyer, Michael Cohen, serving time in jail for bank fraud and all of this other stuff. Folks that rioted at the Capitol getting arrested and incarcerated. Him taking secret files and bringing them to Mar-a-Lago instead of making sure they stayed at the White House. Every damn where we've turned, you were supposed to get him. But he's still here. And his announcement? That he's about to be arrested? Nobody told Trump he's getting arrested. According to numerous reports, folks from his camp have proclaimed they haven't been told a damn thing. But he told them anyway. Why? Because he knows it's going to raise campaign dollars. He knows it's going to galvanize his base. He knows it puts him front and center and in the spotlight which derails attention and the momentum that DeSantis thought he was building. And it cements him again as the dude that the left has to deal with if they want to maintain their seat in the White House. Here's the crazy part. To be a president of the United States, you got to be 35 years of age. You got to be a United States citizen and you have to have spent at least the last 14 years or so in the country. That's basically the stipulation. Do you know that Donald Trump could get arrested? He could get indicted. Hell, he could even go to prison. And he could still run for president. That's how crazy this is. There's a lot to unpack here. I am no political aficionado. I'm just somebody that's paying attention. But I know somebody who is. Who'll know the answers to most, if not all, of my questions. He'll damn sure have something to say. His name is Chris Cuomo. Former host on CNN. The brother of former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. The host of Cuomo on News Nation, which airs every weeknight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I believe he's one of the best in the business. That's why I'm honored that he honored my request to come on No Mercy right now. He's up next in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? 
Over the last few days, we've heard former president of the United States, Donald Trump, announced to the world that he expects uh, to be arrested and possibly indicted. Obviously, it's in regards to uh, payoffs to a porn star, et cetera, et cetera. We've got the one and only Mr. Uh, Chris Cuomo on the show with me right now from News Nation. I've been on the show many times. I enjoy it. I encourage everybody to watch it weeknights. Okay, check it out. Chris Cuomo is live with me right now. What's going on, Chris? How are you, buddy? How's everything? Thank you for the opportunity. Always good to see you. Always good to see you. What do you make of Donald Trump announcing to the world that he expects to be arrested uh, this Tuesday? Uh, strategic. This is a gift to the former president. Mm. Uh, if you were going to be indicted for anything that would allow him to make the case that he's being victimized by a corrupt deep state, mm-hmm. this was the ticket. Now, people will get upset that I said that. They'll say, wait a minute, no one is above the law. Yeah, no one is below the law either. And you you have to analyze it a little differently than I think certain people are. Uh, People are saying, well, he lied about having an affair with Stormy Daniels. Okay. Is that a crime? No. Uh, But he paid her off. Okay. Is that a crime? No. Hmm. Uh, How about how he booked the crime said it was for legal services and it wasn't, it was a payoff to stormy Daniels. Mm, Mm. Maybe, but that's not what he's being charged with. Well, what's he being, he's being charged with what? Okay. That he paid off stormy Daniels to help his campaign. And in doing such that made Michael Cohen's payment, a campaign contribution that was not booked as such and is therefore uh, a circumventing or a breaking of campaign finance law. Now, I find that to be far-fetched as a rationale for this. But even if it weren't, the law itself in play says that that has to be the reason that it was done. So even if you're kind of right, but he also did it because he didn't want Stephen A. Smith and Chris Cuomo talking about his gumata, you know, his his side thing, um, or he didn't want his wife to know, or he didn't want his family to know, or for whatever other reason then he gets around the campaign finance restriction. So this is not an easy case to make legally. Mm -hmm. And there is this secondary analysis that I think too many people, especially on the political left, are ignoring. Just because you like somebody, uh, dislike somebody, just because they did something wrong doesn't mean it's illegal. And just because you want to see somebody indicted, ask yourself this. Have you ever heard of anybody being indicted for this before? No. Uh, Would you, well, not one of us, one of us, maybe, but would you listening to this right now, watching this right now, do you think you'd be indicted for this if you had done the exact same thing? See, that's the question I think we got to be asking, Stephen. Mm. And see, to me, you're right about that. I don't disagree with you, Chris. I guess where my mind flows is in this direction. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the fact that here you are, you beat everybody to the punch. You galvanize your base by uh, letting them know you're going to be arrested. You're flat out flagrantly stating it's a political witch hunt. You got Mm -hmm. the Speaker of the House supporting you and Kevin McCarthy. You got Mm -hmm. Marjorie Taylor Greene, a representative, obviously supporting you. You've got Mike Pence, former vice president of the United States, who who obviously disagreed with you um, in, 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 in your efforts to make sure that Joe Biden wasn't certified as president of the United States. You know, he's speaking out and basically talking about how this could end up working for Trump. It could end up working against the Democrats, et cetera. To me, Trump's already accomplished his goal by having those folks speak out and by having his base to some degree galvanized, believing once again, a political witch hunt is taking place. What are your thoughts about that? Savvy, savvy Stephen A. Smith. They say you're just good looking. They say you're just well dressed. But no, there's more. There's more. So contagious that your cadence is even finding its way into my own. I think this. Uh, there's another one. Okay. DeSantis, Governor DeSantis in Florida. Yeah. Trump has somehow made this about DeSantis doing him dirty um, by not stopping it. And, and him saying, hey, DeSantis better stop this. with What? But. DeSantis caught flat-footed, probably listening to people who are very smart, but conventional, and saying, don't get into the mud with a pig. Don't get into the mud with a pig. You just get dirty and the pig likes it. Let me tell you, that rule doesn't apply when it comes to primary uh, jousting with former President Trump. 
in the Republican Party primary. And I think DeSantis has gotten boxed in here. So Trump has played it very well in a situation that I think is very unlikely that he gets convicted. And perversely, uh, the most embarrassing picture for most people, which is a mugshot, mm-hmm. may be his best campaign poster because it will enable people to say, look, he's a victim. He's a victim. You know, this is too much. You know, this is too much. They all, everybody is cheating. Is it, uh, yeah. He wanted to keep it quiet. People pay people all the time. Yeah. And it's all true. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is now the real enemy of the state. And he is the guy who really is against the same things that we're all angry at and afraid of. And he is our guy. And he just proved it because look how much they hate him. Let's throw on our cynical hat from the Democratic Party in this regard. Suppose their belief is DeSantis is a much tougher opponent for us to deal with because of the baggage that's associated with Trump. Because most people believe that Joe Biden didn't receive 80 million plus votes. It was that 80 million plus people voted against Trump. He's an easier opponent to take out. So this could galvanize his base. This could elevate him above DeSantis. Then we'll just got we'll just have to deal with him, which will be an easier path of resistance for us because of Trump's track record. What do you say to that? I say very smart. Ordinarily, I'd say too smart. But what did we see during the midterm uh, primary season? Democratic pockets, you know, different organization forms, but donors who believe in Democrats funding the Trumpiest people that they could find in primaries. Why? Easier to beat in the general. So you can't dismiss it out of hand strategically. I don't think that's what's happening here. I think what's happening is a misplaced sense of muscularity. Uh, Alvin Bragg, DA, Manhattan position, Manhattan DA, that's what this is. Um, And him say, so when people say Biden should stop this, this is not federal. This is the state. This is New York State. The Manhattan DA's office has nothing to do with federal. So he can't just stop it. But I don't think he would anyway. But Alvin Bragg um, is a political player, Democrat, Black. Uh, and this shows a muscularity in taking Trump on a case that was given to him um, um, by the uh, New York State Attorney General. So I think that it looks strong. You're holding him accountable, finally. But, you know, again, I get how satisfying it is. But when you swing and miss and you're doing it for reasons where it wouldn't be other people. Look, Michael Cohen. Is a very strange, former former strange attorney for Michael uh, for Donald Trump. Yes. So he Go was ahead. like a bag man for Trump. Right. Lied yeah. for him all the time. Uh, found different ways to be sneaky for him politically. Another. He's now a primary witness on this. Michael Cohen, with all those negative things I just said about him, went to jail for something that I have never heard of someone else going to jail for unless it was some kind of mob related gotcha, which is bank fraud where no institution lost a dollar. Now, did he commit fraud? Uh, Yes, by the book in terms of what he put on his applications and stuff like that. Okay. But I've never heard of anybody going to jail for bank fraud where nobody lost any money. But they wanted him. They were mad at him. They didn't like how he had blown them off. They didn't like his attitude. They didn't like his connection to Trump. And he wound up going away, literally to prison. No one is above the law, but you shouldn't put people beneath the law and use it as a political weapon. It's a real problem, Stephen, and it's why I'm so against all these political investigations. People say Congress has a constitutional duty of oversight. Okay, but you don't have to litigate each other as much as you do. I can't believe the House hasn't been doing more Hunter Biden stuff. I thought it would have been much more accelerated at this point. I think it would be wrong. I think it's an abuse. I think it's especially an abuse for people who said it was abusive when it was done to them. Um, But I'm telling you, politically, politically, this is all good for the former president. See, I look at it and I say to myself, yeah, it's much ado. I don't want to say it's much ado about nothing. I don't want to be that that aloof about it. But I will say 
the fact that he's a former president of the United States, whereas with Michael Cohen is a strange lawyer. You can make such, you, you, you know, people can do such things and end up throwing him in prison for something that you've never seen somebody thrown in prison before. That's Michael Cohen, the individual with Trump. We're going to uh, there are going to be a pocket of people, a significant pocket of people that are always going to say the former president and to open that Pandora's box is something that I think you'll even see politicians, no matter how much they chirp, at some point in time, they'll say, no, that's going a little bit too far, because if not significantly too far, because that is a bad look for a former president of the United States to be going to jail. I think that's what people are going to think. That's just my thinking. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and it's all about which people. You know, if it's his people already, we're so divided, but it's those people, you know, the largest portion of America, which are the independents, which are people who think that this is crazy what's happening already, and they're disaffected and they're detached. Uh, when they start going bad on you, then, you know, you have a problem. And the former president will now have been impeached twice, and he'll be the first former president to ever be indicted. Now, people say, well, why don't you just say president? You can't indict a president, a sitting president. You got to impeach and remove them. And then they are subject to ordinary um, uh, uh, criminal or civil due process. So that's why we say former president, because that's the accurate way to say it. Um, and I don't think it's a good distinction. Now, I'll argue it the other way. Uh, it's really important that the highest people in our society in terms of uh, their power and station do get held to the same rules as everybody else. Okay, I would see that this is excessive, uh, but uh, that's okay. I get that. And I do get that he's done a lot of things that are really wrong and maybe approach illegality. Okay. But I don't know how going after him for this one makes it easier to get him on anything else that he actually did do that is demonstrably criminal. For instance, what happened in Georgia, I don't I don't share the enthusiasm for that prosecution that a lot of other people in my business and certainly in politics uh, do, because I think it's really hard to prove an intent crime. You got to right. remember, if Donald Trump, if his defense is, yeah, these people all told him it was rigged and he believed them. Yeah, but they were wrong, but they were basing it on BS. OK, so he was wrong. Well, what about the phone call? What about the phone call where he's looking for 11,000 votes out of Georgia? Think, OK, if yeah. I think that this was rigged and 11,000 votes were rigged or I only need 11,000 votes and I call you and I say I heard from people that I believe that it was rigged. And yeah. Stephen, you got to find me 11,000 votes that were rigged because they're telling me that's what happened. And this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. Am I guilty of a crime? I think it's very hard to show. Well, what is my criminal intent? I actually believe it. Yeah, but you didn't have a good basis to believe it. That's not the law. That's right. So if he has what seems to a jury, if it gets that far, or a judge, all right, I get why he believed it. He's dope. I'll never vote for him when I just learned what I learned. But okay, it's not a crime. Right. And I really think we got to be careful about that. Everything in politics that people don't like right now is criminal. And it's carrying into our culture, which is a dynamic and an aspect of cancel culture. So now we've one upped ourselves. So now the allegation, the accusation isn't enough for the law, would never make it in a criminal prosecution, would never be a case, would never be charged even. Mm. But it's enough for the court of public opinion. It's enough to cancel somebody. See, mm. it's seeping into everything. And we have to be careful about it, even when it doesn't feel good, even when it's happening to a bad guy, in your opinion. Very salient points on your part. But what about people that say if you can make that argument about those 11,000 votes in Georgia, you can certainly make those same arguments about the riots uh, that took place at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th and the speech that he gave prior to those riots taking place. What do you say to that? Here's what I say. It's not even close legally. And look, I've been not I, it's not like I've had a position. I've only said what's obvious, which is it's clear that he contributed to it no uh, that day. And more, look, if there's violence this week, uh, he's calling for protest. Well, protests aren't violence. That's what you're supposed to do is say protest. Yeah, but it's pretty incendiary. Uh, yeah. Responsible Especially from him. Yeah. Especially from him. Uh, yeah. So but is it a crime? I don't even think it's a close call. I don't even think it's close to a crime. And that doesn't mean that I don't think it's wrong. But we're talking about the law and not 
political malpractice, not something that makes you a contemptible human being that shouldn't be voted for. On January 6th, people will say, well, if you say fire in a crowded theater, that's not even the law anymore. It hasn't been the law for a long time. You need specificity of when and where and what that you're saying to people, I want you to go down to this place at this time and find this guy and beat him to death. Now somebody goes and does that, you got a case. The intent is pretty pure. They did exactly what you said. But otherwise, we have a very broad cut when it comes to speech. And, uh, you know, look, if people want to debate that, if they want to change it, fine. But the law is what it is. Uh, and I don't even think it's close. Doesn't mean that what I believe that he was saying and doing was wrong and, and maybe disqualifying for him as someone I would ever vote for or think other people should vote for. But that's different than crimes. And I think that difference should be respected. You know, Chris, I wonder where and it, it's kind of scary right now, just looking at the way things are, because when I saw his tweet and I said, my God, if there are I mean, if this man ends up getting arrested and we have no indication that we've been told reportedly that he hasn't even received definitive indication that he's going to get arrested. He just threw that out there. And that's a different subject for another day. But my goodness, if protests that ultimately became violent were to end up in the streets of America yet again because of this man's rhetoric, they still can't stop him from running for the presidency of the United States. After everything that happened, you know, a few years ago, January 6th, to this, you still can't stop him. What does that say about where we are right now in the state affairs that, that, that's taking place in America as we speak, Chris Cuomo? We're in a period of change. A lot of this stuff was unanticipated. You know, it's interesting. A felon, a convicted felon can't vote, but it could be president. <laughs> because the, you know, the qualifications for president as laid out in, in um, Article two of the U.S. Constitution are pretty basic. Really, it's just about age and naturalization. That's and right. having lived in this the country, I think, for 14 years, or 10 14 years, years, 35 years of age so in the U.S. That's that's all it is. Um, and so if you're indicted, you can run. Yeah. If you're indicted and convicted, can you run? Yeah. If you're indicted and convicted and serving time, you can run uh, legally. Yeah, probably. It's never been tested. Um, well, what does that tell you? It tells you that we are in a weird place, but you shouldn't look for the law to become a political remedy. And we are divided. And we are forgetting what is supposed to win in America. We're going through a period of where harshness is seen and negativity are seen as proxies for insight and strength. What's supposed to win is the better idea. The reason I don't find former President Trump so intimidating as a political figure is because I think he's incredibly easy to beat with a better idea. I am shocked by Florida Governor DeSantis's posture thus far. Right. Book bullshit and this other stuff. It's his path yes. to victory is a no brainer. I hold all the same positions that Trump does. And by the way, even more because I'm a real conservative and I don't know what he is. But more importantly, I'm not him. I'm decent. I'm a family man. And I believe in these things because I want to make us better. I don't want to divide people. I want to bring people together. I'm Ronald Reagan. I'm not Trump. That's your path. Republicans are desperate for that. America, arguably, yeah. is desperate for someone who can cut through left and right to reasonable. And he's not doing that. He's trying to beat Trump at his own game in terms of divisive politics. Yes. But he's making a mistake because if you want to play his game, then you're going to have to play him directly. Well, and not just that. Not, not just to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Not just that, Chris. You got to be consistent because say what you want about Trump, even with the lies, it's consistent. Even with the character issues, it's consistent. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. And I'm like, you can't be a hawk about national defense and a presence and, you know, in regards to foreign affairs, but then turn around and take a nationalistic approach talking about how, you know, the, the war in Ukraine is not a vital of, of a vital interest to the United States of America. It's inconsistent with what he has said in the past. You can yep. say that. Yeah, I don't know anybody that's going to tell you that since Trump, they'll say he lied, but everything they point to, they say he's consistently done that. Yes. 
His, uh, yeah, he is, he is consistently obnoxious, um, yes. the former president, in terms of finding positions that are inherently divisive, destructive of confidence in our institutions, destructive of confidence in the democracy. And a lot of people will say, good. That's 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 good. It's that that is it's a, you make us bleed. That's how you get rid of infection. You know, sometimes you got to bleed uh, to get better. OK, uh, I don't know how Trump made us better. Uh, I don't I don't see that as being palpable uh, in the aftermath of his existence as president. But that's for the people to decide. Uh, DeSantis, there's one way that he gets away with it. Which is the way that works best in our politics right now, which is OK, OK. I, I heard what, what Stephen A. Smith just said. But he's worse. Stephen A. Smith, he's the real hypocrite. Uh, he changed all his positions. No, I didn't. Look, I mean, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. And remember, he's on the left. They're crazy. Uh, ask him what a man is. Ask him what a woman is. They're crazy. They're crazy. Uh, I'll fix all that. That's why I'm banning those books, because I know what a man is and I know what a woman is. And I'm not going to have them force you and, and take your job and your livelihood uh, just because you're white or because you don't want to say that there's uh, no such thing as gender. Uh, I'm your guy. So the war thing, that was a different time. That was Obama. It was very much in context of this. Now it's different. This is what I'm saying now. This is what, and remember, he's worse. And that he's worse thing is good enough. Is good be, enough. It may be just a couple of questions before I let you get on out of here, buddy. And I really appreciate your time. It could work or it could work against them because Trump could be losing to DeSantis and then decide that he's going to go the independent route. And then you'll have a Republican Party divided and the, and the voters split. Some have made that argument. Do you think that's a viable one? Viable? No, um, because they're at a registration disadvantage to begin with uh, on the right. So you really can't split it and think that you're going to win unless Trump has some sinister plan to not win, but somehow be uh, even more controversial than he is. But uh, I'll give you a little uh, insider tip about how politics works that breaks through the idea of uh, that could be true or this could be true. OK, so how do we determine whether or not uh, this is going to wind up being good for Trump or bad for Trump? OK, uh, pressure and momentum consistency and constancy. What will wind up winning a political messaging contest, okay, is momentum because the media, okay, this idea of media is lefty, media is lefty. Okay. The media, I would argue, was set up to be left. It's set to fight for the people who are powerless. It's fight to, you know, it's, it's set up to do things for the disenfranchised, to give voice to the voiceless. So very often you're going to wind up in opposition to power, but put that to the side. The media loves ratings and you buy and click and watch. That's what we need so we can stay in business. And that means we'll go wherever the story goes. So momentum, number one, okay, which means that this thing is being said. That's why Trump repeats everything so often, because the more you say it, the more true it is. People keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. He had a great three-step dance he used to do with this that I used to call lie, defy, and deny. He used to say, you know, a lot of people say that I uh, shouldn't have been arrested. You know, very easily, you could say that this arrest was really wrong. I mean, let's be honest, arrest was crazy. This was crazy what just happened. Just crazy. So he went from posing it as a question that wasn't his to all of a sudden owning it as a position. And it seemed like it was a strategic proof. Momentum. Then uh, you go to the next phase, which is consistency and constancy, which is that this is all people keep talking about. And it starts to become the narrative of what is making a basis of decision for people. And now, instead of it being this binary proposition, uh, well, they could see it this way, they could see it that way. They're not hearing about it this way. Mm -hmm. They're only hearing it this way and policed this way and judged this way. So that's how you wind up into a situation where what could have gone either way winds up being decidedly one way in a political context. Last question on this subject. Do you think that are you comfortable, whether it's with Biden, uh, who will be 82 at the time he's running for re-election or Kamala Harris or some unknown Democratic candidate that I haven't heard about. Are you comfortable with the thought that one of them are going to be able to win the next election based on everything that's been transpired? I mean, it's hard for a sitting president to lose. Right. I mean, Trump was an outlier in that mm -hmm. way. Uh, very few one term presidents. Uh, so could Biden win? Yeah. I don't really care if he's 82. I care about how he is at 82. OK, um, my, my mother at 82 was phenomenal. Uh, Biden, 
is clearly not who he was. Um, yeah. But you got to beat him with somebody better. Uh, Kamala Harris, I, I think, has all kinds of problems uh, politically, but it's for her party to decide. You know, for me, as long as it's fair and it's being fought on what I believe are bases that take the people's interests into account, then I really care about the outcome. As okay. long as you and I are fighting about what matters to people and not some stupid BS that I found out about you when you were 11, um, <laughs> or you're taking something that I took and you took it out of context. And now you're right. making me, you know, whatever you're making me. That's when I start to have to feel like I have to tip the scales and police the dialogue mm -hmm. because, right. but as if it's like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do on crime. And I'm like, that's crazy. You need to do this on crime and you win, but the other guy was way more qualified. I'm okay with that. The people get what they want. I used to call it the Giuliani effect. When, Pete, when Giuliani got elected mayor, uh, people went bad on him real fast. Giuliani was in the, in the garbage before 9-11. And I used to say, yeah, but this is what you got. You know, the, the, you, you had an election. He was telling you he was going to change the city. Um, and then he went from broken windows uh, to breaking people's rights. And now you're pissed off. <laughs> but this is what you get. And the next election, you get a chance to fix it. So I'm OK with that. What I'm not OK with is the former president getting led somewhere in cuffs and having mugshots taken of him. I think that would be a huge mistake. And I'll tell you what, politically, hey, don't tell me, oh, it has to be. It's the they use different criminal procedures all the time on the basis of context. OK, they don't have to drag him in there like, you know, he's a guy who just got arrested for burglary. Right. Um, and I'll tell you why. Politically, it's exactly what he would want and doing him a favor if you do playing, it. Playing right into his hands. It, it's just it, it's just sending all kinds of bad signals when you think you're doing this to virtue signal. You think you're doing this to show nobody's above the law and this is the way it is. And he's going to be subject to the process the same way I would. I would argue, find me someone else who's been indicted for something like this this way. And what it is going to mean, what is your ultimate value? For me, the ultimate value is the highest good. What is the best for us as a society? Right. And if people aren't looking at it through that lens, I get why they'll be so dogged about the opinion that this is going to be great. Right. But they should check themselves about what their real interest is. Is it just vengeance mm -hmm. or is it about some sense of vindication about being better than what you oppose? You alluded to tipping the scales or tipping the scales in the right direction. Um, News Nation, Cuomo, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every weeknight. I think you're doing that. I watch the show every chance I get. I've been a guest on the show on numerous occasions. I think you're doing a phenomenal job. Um, I think your voice is needed. I appreciate uh, the relationship that we've developed and what I've learned from just listening to you. How's the show going? How are you doing? The show suffers from one obvious thing. Stephen A. Smith, very tough to book. Very tough to book. <laughs> uh, in demand, uh, known to cancel. Last second. No, uh, in demand. That's not true. Uh, if you say anything, <laughs> like if you get upset, he'll say, hold on a second. I got a billion views. I got a billion, <laughs> I got a billion views. I said, I know you have a billion views, but that's why I wanted you on the show. Watch what you say. I have a billion views. So our code name for you is billion views. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're always, we're, we're, we're big fans of yours at the show. Uh, I'm a fan of yours uh, personally. I really believe that the dialogue, this was so, you didn't need to do no mercy. Um, you are so in demand uh, for so many good reasons uh, within what matters most to the American people, which is sport uh, and that form of competition. And I know why you're doing it, because you believe in deeper dialogue that we're really starved of right now. And I applaud you for it. And I'm always a call away to help. I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much. And I won't cancel on you. Last time, last time I remember some breaking news development, you had to cancel on me. I, well, I love how you left that out. That I love how you left that out. That's an alternative fact. <laughs> I got you, man. I appreciate you taking time, man. Thank you so much, man. I look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, buddy. All right, brother, I'll see you soon. Did you know that last year the S&P 500 went down 20%? Bitcoin went down almost 60%. But gold not only didn't lose money, but went up a few percentage points. So far this year, gold has been steadily rising and silver is up almost 30% in the last six months. 
Experts predict gold will continue to skyrocket this year, and you don't want to miss out. That's because gold protects you from inflation and market volatility. Gold and silver should be a part of every balanced investment portfolio. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust when it comes to investing in precious metals. What I like about LPM is they have an education-first approach. Making investing decisions can be overwhelming, but their team takes the time to answer all of your questions and give recommendations based on your personal situation. Call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-257-3080 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com to download your free investing guide. Don't leave your finances to chance. Be informed. Contact my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Damn, I love talking to Chris Cuomo. Whether you agree or disagree, most of the time I agree with him, by the way. The man just knows what the hell he's talking about, and his perspective is something I appreciate. It's not a matter of agreeing or disagreeing. He's just painting a picture of what it really, really looks like out there. And I don't think anybody can dispute what it looks like as it pertains to Trump. It may be unfair when we look at him and we say, excuse me, what are we supposed to do? Just let him get away with it? Just do absolutely nothing? No, no one is saying that. But here's the bigger picture. The bigger picture is, where's it going to get you? We all know what the end game is for opposition to Donald Trump. It's to make sure he doesn't run for office again. That's the left's opposition to Donald Trump. Make sure he doesn't run for office again. It's not working. It's not working. Of all the things, you did $11,000, I'm sorry, 11,000 votes that you're looking for from Georgia. You got an election fraud issue in the state of Georgia. You got tax fraud that his company was convicted of, where his company had to pay $1.6 million, not even $1.6 billion, $1.6 million. You had that going on. That case was finished in January. Now you got this coming up. It almost appears as if throw everything you can at them. Let the American people hear one case after another, after another, after another, after another is thrown against Donald Trump. That way they'll say, we don't need this noise. We need peace. You can't vote for him. And oh, by the way, it could possibly work. We thought it was going to be a red storm in the midterms, a red wave. We thought all the Democrats were going to be booted out of there. Well, guess what ended up happening? You got a Senate that favors the Dems. And you got the Republicans having a House majority of just five votes. And you had chaos, 14 or 15 roll calls before Kevin McCarthy could be put in as Speaker of the House. The divide is real. There's no doubt about that. But the point is, although you can understand what the strategy is because it worked during the midterm election, do you really, really think it's going to work for the presidential election? I know it already worked once with Trump because, damn it, it wasn't worth it. It looked like civil war was about to take place in this country if he remained president of the United States. He had to go. And some level of civility was brought back to the White House to some degree. You don't have a president accused of xenophobia and all and, and racism and all of this other stuff. But the fact is, you got a whole bunch of people out there that would love to see some of Trump's policies in place. Particularly as it pertains to deregulation. And in some people's eyes, many people's eyes, border security. And certainly national muscle. We see China Involved now, communicating with Russia. We're wondering what's going to happen with that, whether or not they're going to supply weapons to Russia to help Russia in their battle with Ukraine. 
a territory they've invaded. You've got U.S. drones being taken out of the sky. You got a whole bunch of stuff going on. The point is, whatever you were going to do as it pertained to Donald Trump, it was supposed to be done by now. And not only has it not been done, he's back. His Twitter account has been restored. The ban on him with YouTube has been lifted. He's getting to communicate with the masses again. He's already leading most polls for the Republican nomination. He hasn't gone away. He has no intentions of going away. He's already announced he's running for the presidency again. And meanwhile, we haven't really gotten knee deep and up thick into the equation as it pertains to Hunter Biden. And a kind of money that may or may not have been funneled to him. And dare I say the Biden family. By China. Things are getting very, very interesting. And the fact of the matter is, with Trump announcing to everyone, maybe he's lying, maybe he's not. Maybe it was probably a preemptive strike. All of that may be true. But the bottom line is announced to everybody, I'm about to get arrested. He clearly perceives it as a good thing. If he didn't think it was a good thing for him, it's all, I think it's safe to say, this is Donald Trump we're talking about here. I think it's safe to say he wouldn't have announced it if he didn't think it was going to be a good thing for him. Because the one thing no one will deny, you're challenged to find anybody more narcissistic. You're challenged to find anybody more narcissistic than he is. More so than white or black or right or left, progressives, conservatives, MAGA, woke, more so than any of that. When it comes to Trump, it's about Trump. All things Trump. And everything else pales in comparison. That's the reality. He wouldn't have announced this if he didn't believe it was going to work to his advantage. Why would he think that, ladies and gentlemen? That's not only a question for the other side to answer. It's a question for us as the American people, the American voter, to answer. Think about it, and we'll wrap another time. That's it for this episode of No Mercy with yours truly. I'm about to sign off. Thanks again to the host of Cuomo on News Nation himself, Chris Cuomo, for coming on the show and giving me his time. Really, really appreciate that. I learn something every time I talk to him, along with various other people that I talk to. That's the purpose of this podcast. I'm not coming to you from a position of, oh, I know, I know, I know. This ain't sports. This is beyond that, even though I do sports on here too. But it's important that I do that because, as I always say, you don't have to know sports to know mercy. But to know mercy, you got to get as much facts as you possibly can so your perspective can be appropriate. Until next time, y'all, peace and love. See you in a couple of days. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.